You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready? Are you ready for some scolding hot takes? Talking Vikings with Dane Misutani and Chase Frederick. This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani, joined today by my good friend and now our good friend of the podcast, Nicole Yang. She covers the New England Patriots for the Boston Globe. She is someone I've known for a couple of years now, and she will be hopping on a flight to Minnesota in the next couple of hours. Uh, Nicole, thanks for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing well, Dane. How are you? Good. Are you excited for this, what could be an awful, awful game on Thanksgiving (laughs) night? Yeah, the fact that it's on Thursday night doesn't bode well, and the fact that the Patriots' offense is dysfunctional also doesn't bode well so we'll see and the fact that the vikings just lost by 37 points on national television doesn't bode well like all of this is like concocting up to be like just one of those typical thursday night games that like nobody actually enjoys watching everyone just enjoys making fun of on twitter correct like both like you said both teams are coming off pretty intolerable week 11 games and there's no reason to think I mean at least for the Patriots there's no reason to think that it'll change I think that's what everybody is going to be watching if they're still tuning in by 820 Eastern to see if there's any hope for this offense but I mean at this point in the season it's week 12 I think we kind of know like what the Patriots are and it's just not a high scoring group yeah let's go there because I mean, we'll talk about the Patriots defense, who probably could have a pretty good night against the Vikings, especially watching what Dallas's front seven. Actually, Dallas is just like front four did to the Vikings offensive line. I think the Patriots will be able to get home there. But what's wrong with the offense? Like we talk pretty much daily. Um, you know, we talk about how this offense struggles. Is it all Mac Jones or is like what what's what is the biggest issue in, in your opinion um, that makes this offense not go? I mean, I think it's a combination of things, and I think that's why it's so hard to pinpoint the blame, and that's probably why the conversations have just veered in so many different directions because the offensive line has not been good, and David Andrews suffered an injury on Sunday. We'll see if he's able to play on Thursday. That would be like quite the turnaround. I would be kind of surprised if he suits up, and when he misses games, I feel like that just messes with the rest of the offensive line. Isaiah Wynn just is checked out and just doesn't care. So he has had a horrible season. Cole Strange has been promising, but he's a rookie and has been struggling lately. So the offensive line definitely has struggled in protection, like no doubt. But then a ton of it also is on 
Mac and he's definitely regressed in year two. Obviously, he missed time with the ankle injury, so I'm sure part of that contributes to his sort of the interruption of his development and things like that. And then the play callers are Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. So it's like all these three factors just lead to an incompetent offense. And if you want to assign blame, it's probably hard to like rank who's most responsible. I think all three parties are responsible, but one thing's for sure is like the Patriots can't score. So if the Vikings get out to like a 14-0 lead in the first quarter, first half, like chances are they're going to win the game. What was it like this year in, in in New England and Boston? Zappy fever, like what was that whole experience like for you to cover the team, but also like for you living in Boston to like see how they took to this kid Bailey Zappy, and by the end of that two, three, four-week stretch, they were calling for him as the starter over Mac. Yeah, I think that shows like – how much of an impact Tom Brady has on people that they think like you can find the answer at quarterback immediately. And that's just not the case. And everyone thought Mac was the guy after one year. And if you think about the number of players that people thought could be the guy after one year, and then they don't even get their fifth year option picked up or people regret picking up that option. So I think people were a little bit too quick to just anoint Mac as Tom's successor and like, wow, we found our franchise quarterback. And that's just much harder to do in the NFL than maybe Patriots fans realize. So as soon as Mac was struggling and as soon as they saw this young, like fourth round draft pick slinging it and like the Patriots scored like over 30 points in a game that he played in. So everyone just took to him and like zappy fever is kind of catchy. And so now though, like, whenever Mac makes a mistake or whether the, whenever the offense makes a mistake, honestly, people will start chanting like zappy zappy in the stadium. And it's just like Bailey zappy isn't the answer either guys. So it's just, I think a reflection of how much of a mess the Patriots offense is the fact that like people think this six, one fourth round quarterback is going to be the solution. That probably has something to do with Tom Brady too, right? Like, yeah. He came in as this unheralded guy and, and took over and obviously is the greatest of all time. I think we all would agree on that. But like he kind of has them in a chokehold still to this day. Yeah, like the number of memes that people were sending around <laughs> with showing Tom Brady and Drew Bledsoe and then Mac and Bailey Zappi, it was just off the charts. And like people need to understand that Tom Brady's story is like a once in a generation type thing. Like if it's going to happen again, it's definitely not going to be with the same organization. <laughs> like the chances right. of that happening are so slim. Yeah. I mean, some would say Tom Brady's fallen off and like maybe he's having to deal with like failure for the first time, but I feel like it's now it's like he, now he's bounced back and, and here he is with Tampa and they're, they're still running. So you're right. There's only one Tom Brady. Um, there's only one person that can kind of take that storybook angle and, and and turn it into the greatest career of all time at the quarterback position. So Mac Jones, probably not the answer. Bailey Zappi, probably not the answer. The Vikings will try and get home with both of those guys, but the offense isn't fully incompetent, right? Like there's, there's some good players like Ramondre Stevenson probably has a good game this week. The Vikings couldn't stop Tony Pollard or Zeke Elliott last week. So he's someone maybe that, that could come up and, and, and ignite a little bit of, the Patriots offense in a way that, that it makes them look them at least makes them look some somewhat of competent. 
Yeah, so Ramondre <laughs> Stevenson is probably the only dynamic playmaker the Patriots have on offense. And I think when I looked up in the press box on Sunday, I saw a graphic about the yards after contact that Zeke and Tony Pollard had against the Vikings. And that's like Ramondre's strength. Like he can break tackles. He's so hard to bring down. Like he always fights um, for the first down for extra yardage. Like there are so many screenshots showing like what's ahead of him and he'll have four defenders ahead of him and he'll still be able to get like six yards. So he definitely is probably what keeps the offense going. Damian Harris also honestly is a productive back too. So they do have a pretty good backfield. Receiving wise, Jacoby Myers is their only reliable, consistent contributor. So between the three of them, like they do have pieces. It's just whether they can get going. Yeah, Jacoby Myers. Nicole told me to draft Jacoby Myers last year in fantasy football, and he wasn't that good. But then she told me to draft him again this year, and he's been pretty good. So let's hope Mac or Bailey or whoever's slinging it to Jacoby this week. Yeah, he's like eight points. Yeah, high floor sometimes. How about the defense? That's probably if if the Patriots are going to win the game, like that's where they're going to win it. Yeah, that's how they win most games is that they score just enough, but their defense or special teams makes like a game-defining play. And I think that I was initially surprised because you look at the Vikings offense, obviously Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, like they have these, especially compared to the Patriots, like high-profile players. But then when you look at their production and their scoring, it's honestly not that high. Like the Vikings, I think have, I think the Patriots have the worst red zone offense, but I think the Vikings have the 31st red zone offense. So the Patriots definitely have an opportunity here. And if they can bait Kirk into making a mistake or if they can pressure, I know the Vikings will be missing one of their best tackles. So if they can pressure the quarterback, like the pieces are there for them to win because their defense is that good. Now their schedule up until this point has been fairly easy. Uh, so I think as we go through the later part of the schedule and their competition gets tougher, people will be interested to see how the defense holds up because the offensive, the, the offenses that they've played so far, like aren't that good. So this will sort of be like an opportunity for them to show that they are for real. Yeah, you mentioned Vikings without Christian Darisaw this weekend or Thursday night. <clears throat> That'll play a huge part. Um, the the Cowboys just destroyed Kirk over the course of three quarters before the Vikings decided to wave the white flag and realize they're playing on Thursday night, so there's no reason. And Kirk had already been sacked seven times to that point. There's no reason in letting him get beat up some more. So I think the Patriots will be able to get home on on Kirk. If they can't, though, if he has more than two seconds to throw the ball, can anyone – cover Justin Jefferson on, on the Patriots second in the Patriots secondary. I mean, the Patriots secondary is pretty good. They don't really have a number one cornerback per se, but what they like to do, I mean, Bill Belichick, when they, when the opponent has a team, has a player like Justin Jefferson, he likes to take away like the number one option and force the others to beat you. So I wouldn't be surprised if they use like a safety. That's probably their strongest position group um, to help. So Kyle Duggar, Devin McCourty, 
um, Adrian Phillips. So they definitely will, their secondary is one of their strongest, um, I would say parts of the team. So they definitely have the personnel, even though they don't, there's no like JC Jackson or Stefan Gilmore anymore. Sure. But as, as Justin Jefferson's proved, like he's going to go out there every Sunday and very rarely is he going to be taken away completely. But I, I think the whole Bill Belichick likes teams to make teams play left-handed like that could come into, you know, the fold this week and, and should be interesting to watch them kind of, duke it out because we saw justin jefferson get shut down in week two and week three and then he exploded for the next six seven weeks and he basically got shut down last week against the cowboys and i think they're going to be working to kind of get him the ball quicker and in more space so excited to watch that is there an x factor like someone that could wreck the game for the vikings from a patriots perspective either offense or defense anyone that you can think of or like that maybe we're not thinking of that, that people kind of in that Patriots echo chamber have been a little bit high on that, that maybe the Vikings casuals Vikings diehards aren't thinking about on the Patriots. Yes. <clears throat> I mean, not really because I think the <laughs> Patriots are very like what you see is what you get. So it's like, sure. okay, can Matthew Judon <clears throat> break through and like, I think he leads the league in sacks. Like, can he get to Kirk? Like, okay, if that happens, that'll probably be a good sign. Like, can Ramondre Stevenson be productive? Okay, if that happens. Like, very rarely do we see, like, a surprise contributor on the Patriots because very rarely do we see, like, everything come together in general. So I just don't think that there is really an X factor for them. I think the key will be for Mac to not turn the ball over. Like, Uh when Mac turns the ball over – um, like the Patriots have plenty of takeaways, but they also have plenty of giveaways. I think they break even. And so if Mac can take care of the football, then they're in good position. But if he is throwing interceptions and they've definitely tightened it up with him, but if he um, turns the ball over, like that is a stat that I'll be watching. Um, and honestly, how quickly the Vikings score, like the Patriots are not a or not an offense that can play from behind. So, like I said earlier, if the Vikings get up 14-0, like, game's probably over. Well, can't wait to watch what hopefully will be an entertaining game, likely will not be. Um, if Thursday nights are any indicator, it's going to be a clunker. That's enough football talk. When, when we come back, we'll talk to Nicole about stuff we both actually like to talk about. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani, joined today by my good friend, Nicole Yang, with the Boston Globe. Give her a follow, at Nicole C. Yang on Twitter. She tweets like once in a blue moon, maybe once a month, once every two months. Uh, It's still a worthwhile follow, though, because she drops knowledge bombs whenever she does decide to throw her opinion out there on Twitter. Follow her. Give us a follow, too, Inside Purple and Gold. We're anywhere you get your podcasts. Trying to build a following. And we have great guests like Nicole to help us do that. Nicole, we talked a lot about football. We cover it. It's a job. We enjoy it. We talk a lot about it on the daily. But let's talk about something a little more important. (laughs) You're coming to Minnesota this week. You will be at U.S. Bank Stadium on Thursday. U.S. Bank Stadium. I'm there every Sunday that the Vikings are home oftentimes for whatever state tournament is contested on that field in that stadium. 
You'll be at U.S. Bank Stadium on Thursday. You also cover the Patriots, so you are consistently at Gillette. At Gillette Stadium, I, I know they do their practice facility out near Gillette Stadium. So you're in that area a lot. I keep saying U.S. Bank Stadium, Gillette Stadium, because a week and a half ago, is it a week and a half, maybe a week ago now, Nicole and I went through the war of trying to get Taylor Swift tickets for me at U.S. Bank Stadium and her at Gillette Stadium. So as fate would have it, Nicole, a week and a half later, will be at U.S. Bank Stadium where I will be going to the concert on June 24th. What was your experience like Tuesday, Nicole? I, I think, so it was eight days ago now. We're recording on a Wednesday morning. Pre-sale codes went out Monday. We both hit the lottery. So did like a million other people. And Tuesday was the Hunger Games. What was your experience like trying to lock down some Taylor Swift tickets? And were you successful? So I thought it was simultaneously more chaotic, but also easier than I thought it was going to be. I was expecting like eight hours in the queue, crash. Like, and I know some people experience this, so this is just my experience, but crashes, like impossible to get tickets. Once you get in, there's just like two options, but I was able to get in, I think after like two and a half hours. And I just like, once I got into the queue or once I got into the seat seating map, I just like tunnel visioned into two tickets in the lower bowl, clicked them, bought them and like got them. And I didn't even take time to like assess my options or anything. I just picked them. So it was like, again, simultaneously very stressful, but also much more painless than I thought um, because for Loverfest in 2020, mm-hmm. when she was only going to perform at SoFi and Gillette, that process took like six and a half hours. And by the time I got in, I had to buy me and my friend, like two tickets in this, like two individual tickets in the same section. And we were just going to hope that like the people would shift down and let us sit together. So I was expecting the worst, but I was able to get tickets. I'm very thankful for that. Me as well. Um, You are the first person that I get to talk about Taylor Swift with on this podcast. I talked a little bit about it with Will Raggett. Um, We had him on as a guest a few weeks ago. Um, But but it's nice. And here's our producer, Spencer, saying congrats for getting the tickets. Thanks, Spencer. Yeah, (laughs) I got, well, TLDR, four tickets will be going um there's a group of four of us you're going with two people you're also going to like what like six shows across the country no i'm just going to two i don't want a bunch of people to hate me for hoarding tickets just two that my other friend got so i didn't even get like two she's she's lying nicole is a liar (laughs) so everyone know that but yes we both got tickets um we both big fans would you join this if we didn't, our, our producer Spencer's talking in the chat. Would you join the civil suit if you didn't get a ticket? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Because the fact that tickets were so hard to get, and like Nicole made a good point, like simultaneously, like really, really stressful. But at the end of the day, like I waited in line for like two hours, clicked a couple buttons, got stressed out for like 45 minutes and got them. <clears throat> that was fine. 
the next day I have a capital one card. I actually applied for that credit card because of tickets. If I didn't get tickets on Tuesday, I was pretty hopeful I would get them on Wednesday. Most of the people I know who have that capital one card got tickets on Wednesday. So to answer your question, Spencer, like, yeah, <laughs> if I didn't have either option on Tuesday or Wednesday, and then Friday comes around and they're like, yeah, we don't have any more tickets. Um, I would probably move to a different country and just start a new life because that we wouldn't be worth living here anymore, but we don't have to do that luckily. Um, and I will be at the show on June 24th. Nicole will be there in May and like five other times throughout the duration of the tour. Before we let you go, Nicole, let's just draft songs off of Midnight's. Um, Nicole and I met during the pandemic and a lot of our friendship budded from the fact that we would just like draft random things. Me, Nicole, and our friend Megan Ryan, who actually works for the, the Minneapolis Star Tribune in town, we would be on FaceTime late at night, just drafting the most random, ridiculous things that you can imagine. I think we realized we had hit like a breaking point when one night we were on FaceTime and Nicole was like, let's draft articles of clothing. And we were <laughs> like, yeah, we can't be doing this anymore. Like drafts have to mean something. Let's draft um, furniture items. Like, no, we can't be drafting like chairs and couches and all of that. Like the draft has to mean something if we're going to do it. And this draft means something. I don't think we've actually drafted Midnight's yet, Nicole. So you are the guest. You can have the first pick. Let's just do a three-round draft. We'll go every other. I won't do a snake, so it won't be like I get two because you got the first. We'll just go you first, me second, and we'll go there from there. I actually wonder if we are going to steal any of each other's songs. It might be a pretty smooth draft, but I'm going to pick um, Karma with my first pick. Um, okay. I just think that it's a banger. Perfect. Um, for the chaos, I'm going to draft would have, could have, should have, because I know that was Nicole's number two and I would draft Maroon with my first pick, but just to bother Nicole before she hops on that plane, I, with my first pick, will take would have, could have, should have. That is my rostered song. Not Nicole's. Okay, so I yeah, I thought you were gonna take Maroon, so <laughs> I'm not gonna be a bad friend and take Maroon. So I'm gonna take Mastermind. Great song, great meaning. All the TikToks are fantastic to it. Yeah, and Love so it. like that's something that I think that the song makes a good point. Like sometimes like we all are a little bit of a mastermind in our life, right? Like we do things to people and it works out in the end. And that was our idea. That was the plan all along. All right. Well, Nicole was a good friend. So I will take Maroon number two. Feel great about my first two picks. Feel great about my team. Maroon second pick. And then um, I'll take antihero. I feel like that's a classic. Very catchy. Good message. And honestly, to all those people complaining about Taylor and not getting the tickets and just they should listen to those lyrics because I feel like it sort of encapsulates like how Taylor feels about like her status and like her, her just like popularity. Um, and 
they maybe would take back some of the things they've said. So, and great music video. So I'll take Antihero. Me and Nicole could could start an offshoot podcast just defending Taylor, and we would <laughs> episodes could be five hours long, and we would have content we could record daily. Um, we talk about her quite often, and yeah, the hate is always unnecessary, pretty much to everyone who decides to hate on her. My last pick, I'm gonna go. You're on your own, kid. Love that song. It is a track five. It's good. It's kind of like a episodical story of her life. Like that whole song. If you listen close enough, it's each era of her life kind of displayed in a song and done so in a way that I really like. So what's your team, Nicole? Go one through three. Do you remember? I have Karma, Mastermind, and Antihero. I feel really good about it. Okay. And I have would have, could have, should have, which is was a snipe pick all the way. Maroon. And you're on your own, kid. Two good teams, I think. Those are, if you haven't listened to the album yet, those are probably the songs that you should listen to. Objectively. I was think, thinking about this when I brought this up as you were talking about your experience buying tickets at Gillette. Like, I do wonder the people who download this podcast, we have a growing audience. How many people that are Viking fans that listen to this podcast are also Taylor Swift fans that care about this segment? <laughs> I would hope it's two circles on top of each other if it was a Venn diagram. I believe it might be two circles next to each other if it is a Venn diagram. But we'll see. We'll get some feedback. And like I always ask you to do, rate us, review us, interact with me on Twitter, and we can talk about Taylor Swift. Love to do it. Can't do it enough. <laughs> we are not draft we we can draft other things later the draft is like a big deal our producer spencer is asking i thought you're gonna draft thanksgiving sides maybe that's something we do at a later date me and nicole could do that offline we draft a lot of things and you can never go wrong it's a fun thing to do so nicole you're hopping on a plane in what like two hours correct heard some mini golf might be in your future yeah, we'll see. I'm definitely packing my winter coat, though. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Nicole. We will see you. I'll probably see you later. And I will see you definitely at the game on Thursday night. Should be a one worth watching, I think, at least in the early goings. If you have too much turkey, too much food, and decide to fall asleep, by the second half of that game, it might be not worth staying up for anyway. So. Yeah, if the equivalent of Patriots-Jets happens on Thursday, I imagine everyone will be asleep by halftime. Maybe that was that was the mastermind plan of the NFL all along. <laughs> it was like, why put this game on in the middle of the day? Let's have it as a night game that people can just use as background noise. So We, unfortunately, will not be able to fall asleep. We'll be locked in the whole time, but at least we'll be in the press box together. Nicole, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Can't wait to see you at U.S. Bank Stadium. Also, congrats on your Taylor tickets. Thanks for having me, Dane. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani. want to give one more shout out to our friend Nicole Yang. Um, she's great. Give her a follow. She does great work at the Boston Globe. She's an even better friend. So we want to thank her for joining the podcast. Good eyes always. 
Before we wrap up, we have a midweek edition of Purple Prop Party that we got going on. Normally we do this on Thursdays when we record, but this whole week is screwed up because of Thanksgiving. So we're doing it on Wednesday morning. Purple Prop Party, where we take you through the game lines, the over-under of the game, and give you one. I will give you two today. Prop bets to hammer. I was wrong last week. Justin Jefferson did not hit his over. Um, He got virtually taken out of the game. The Vikings as a whole, the offense couldn't do anything because of the pass rush against the Cowboys, and Justin Jefferson's production suffered. Um, More on Justin Jefferson in a couple of minutes. But Vikings this week, Thanksgiving night minus two and a half over under is 42 and a half. The start time 720 central time, 720 local. That's 820 for people listening on the East Coast. Vikings favored by two and a half over under 42 and a half. I think the Vikings cover. The Vikings are getting a two and a half point spread at basically as the home team. It's seems as if Vegas feels these teams are pretty similar. It's not a huge, the Vikings aren't huge favorites, um, probably largely because they just got destroyed by 37 points by the Cowboys. I would think if they looked any sort of competitive in that game, they would be pretty close to a touchdown favorite against the Patriots tomorrow night. They did not. However, they looked largely incompetent on offense and the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. So there you have it. Vikings minus two and a half heading into Thanksgiving. I do think they cover. I think they respond. I think they come out this week. And after on a short condensed week, I think they were excited to play again so soon, not have to wait till Sunday to rinse the sour taste of the 37-point loss out of their mouth. I think they come out on fire. I think they score on the opening drive. I think they score again early. And like Nicole said, I think if the Vikings can build a big enough lead early, I do not think the Patriots have the firepower or the offensive competency to recover. So I think the Vikings handle that spread. I think they handle the Patriots on Thanksgiving. I think it will be an under. I think we're going under 42 and a half. Um, I just don't think either team is going to light it up as far as offensive production. I think a lot of times you see these Thursday night games are very, very clunky because Teams haven't had the full week to prepare. Teams are still kind of licking their wounds after a Sunday game four nights prior. Um, Generally speaking, these Thursday night games are not high scoring. I don't expect this one to be, but I do expect the Vikings to cover that two and a half point spread. And I expect them to beat the Patriots on Thanksgiving night to improve to nine and two move on from that drubbing to the Cowboys and kind of get this once promising season back on track. For prop bets, normally we do DraftKings. Lately, we've been doing prize picks because DraftKings don't update their lines in time when we record on a Thursday morning for a Sunday afternoon game. However, we're recording Wednesday morning, and the game is on Thursday night, so DraftKings has updated their player props. We are using the DraftKings Sportsbook today. I'm sticking with my weekly tradition of taking Justin Jefferson His over-under, 88.5 receiving yards. Like I said last week, he did not go over his high total of receiving yards. I want to say it was in the the high 90s, and I thought he would have another 100-yard receiving yard game. He did not. Got taken out of the game, partially because of Trayvon Diggs and his excellence at the cornerback position. 
also more partially to, because of Micah Parsons, that front four for the Dallas Cowboys consistently making life miserable for Kirk Cousins. He did not hit his over last week. I think he will hit his over on Thanksgiving night. Kirk Cousins probably is going to be under pressure quite a bit. Again, Matthew Judon, like our friend Nicole said, leads the NFL in sacks. He is someone who the Vikings are going to struggle to block, especially without Christian Darisaw at left tackle, Ezra Cleveland at left guard, Ed Ingram at right guard. Those two give up, I think, the most pressures in the NFL for an interior lineman position. Um, If they move Matthew Judon around the front four, front seven, um, he could have a field day with Kirk Cousins. Um, But Justin Jefferson this week talked about getting the ball out quicker, finding ways to get the ball into playmakers' hands in space. And I think the Vikings will follow suit this week. I think you're going to see Justin Jefferson touch the ball a lot. And if he touches the ball a lot, he will go over 88 and a half receiving yards. Kind of a bonus one. Ramondre Stevenson, 58 and a half rushing yards. Take the over there. Vikings can't stop the run. Tony Pollard ran wild on them. Zeke Elliott, as kind of a secondary punch, ran wild on them. Ramondre Stevenson might not be someone a lot of people talk about nationally. He's probably someone, if you play fantasy football, you know who he is because he is a guy who will get you production in the run game, also in the receiving game. Um, He's a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield. We know how much Bill Belichick and the Patriots love to use those pass-catching backs. But he's a very talented runner. I think first and foremost, he's a talented runner who runs hard, runs with aggression. And the watching how the Vikings struggled to stop Tony Pollard on Sunday afternoon, I have a hard time believing they're going to be able to stop Ramondre Stevenson from just running kind of wild on them. So Ramondre Stevenson, 58 and a half rushing yards. I think that's an easy over. If you want to parlay them, that's Justin Jefferson, 88 and a half receiving yards over Ramondre Stevenson, 58 and a half rushing yards over. I think those two player props hit and it would be nice if they did. I got to get back on track after leading you astray last week with my Justin Jefferson call. So there you have it. That's our purple prop party. That is our midweek episode of inside purple and gold. I don't think we'll be coming at you right after the game on Thanksgiving night. That game will wrap up at about 11 PM. Um, if like we talked about with Nicole, if the game goes the way we expect it to go, a lot of you might be asleep by then. Anyway, um, this game probably won't be the most entertaining, but if you're a Vikings fan, you probably want to see how they re- respond from this 37 point blowout last weekend. You're going to tune in. You'll be watching, but we won't be coming at you till Friday morning. We'll hop on right away. Friday morning, record this thing on black Friday um, we'll hope to have it out before you you hit the shops. Um, if, if you're going at midnight, we won't have it up. But if you're if you're just Black Friday shopping throughout the day on Friday, pop this podcast in. You can digest kind of a post game recap of Vikings Patriots. Thanks for stopping by today. Please make sure you're following us inside Purple and Gold. Like I said, like I say every time, anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, give us a follow so it's coming right to your phone whenever we drop episodes. Thanks again for stopping by with us. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Happy holidays to you and yours. I'm Dane Mizutani. I'm out.